Hi everyone, this is Jordana from Drink It In underscore Jordana here with season eight, the miracle season. I'm so excited for you to hear each episode where I interview so many fascinating people with miraculous stories, big and small. Don't forget to share, comment below and enjoy the show. This is Jordana Baracha from Drink It In underscore Jordana. We are in season eight. I cannot believe it. Thank you, Akash Baruch. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, God. Season eight of my podcast. This season is called the Miracle Season. So this is very interesting. You guys are going to like this, okay? Because this whole interview that I'm doing right now and this guest is all about miracles in the sense of how we met. Okay, so I had just come back right now recently from a trip in Israel. I was in Israel in July on a trip called Momentum. Shout out to Momentum, great trip. And we had some free time in Svat. And so I was walking around trying to drink in, uh, absorb the lovely scenery. I've been in the old city of Svat before. And I was just coming up the stairs. And all of a sudden there's this young man and I... <laughs> He says, hey, you're the wine lady. And I'm like looking at him, what are you talking about? So anyone who knows me really well knows I do not drink alcohol. So for sure that threw me off completely. I'm the wine lady. Like I'm the furthest person to do anything with wine. So then he goes, you know, like, and then it hit me. I'm like, you mean drink it in? He goes, yes. Don't you have like a, a glass of wine on your logo? And he's right. I do. So I am working on that, guys. Soon I might change it to a cup of coffee, but we'll discuss that at a different point in time. But I said to him, I said, well, let me just explain. And I explained to him my concept of the drink it in, where it comes from. And I'll just put it out there, FYI. And then Elia was going to introduce himself. Um, he, you know, the whole idea of drink it in. And I explained to him and he thought it was so beautiful and he didn't know it. In sure. Yes. Is that we are like fish. And the Gemara and the Talmud talks about fish being in the sea and they're surrounded by water. But yet when it rains and more water is coming down and you are and the fish are surrounded by water, they still come to the surface to drink up more water. And that's how we're supposed to be as human beings. We're supposed to be so thirsty for Torah, so thirsty for inspiration wow. that we just want to drink in more. So that's where it came from, the concept of drink it in. And, and that's what I, I say every week when I do my weekly Torah portion inspiration, I say drink it in, in the beginning and in the end. So I explained it to Eliyahu, he was blown away from it, but I was just blown yeah. away that I met Eliyahu uh, on the streets in spot. And I live in New Jersey and he recognized me. So that's always feels good. So Eliyahu, why don't you introduce yourself I hope that was a good introduction and tell everybody what you do. He also has a podcast, guys. Two chasses in a pod. So that was also cool because I knew that. Once he told me who he was, I'm like, oh, I know you. Okay, so go ahead. There you go. The mutual podcasts on uh, Jewish Instagram, on Instagram. Yes. So uh, I just as a disclaimer, I am, uh, I think you should leave the wine glass because what you're really saying is that we need to make the things we hear and experience internal. Right. And there's nothing that symbolizes that more internality the, the internal side of life than wine and judaism so i i'm for the oh, wine glass thing there i so. like that thank you you should have just before you again before you introduce yourself i'm sorry elio i had asked ahead. somebody because i was nervous. it's not about me it's I, about the miracles of hashem so it's okay yes, correct so i once asked somebody um if, if it's okay, because, you know, there's a lot of addictions that go around. Is it okay to have that even as a symbol? And the person said to me, do you have an addiction? 
I said, no, I, I, I don't even drink wine. He goes, so then it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay. So it's funny that you said that. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Elio. So, so uh, basically, very shortly, uh, my name is Elio Pereira. Elio, some people know me as uh, originally from Miami. I was born to a Brazilian father, English, South African mother. Um, that today is her birthday, thank God. The day that I came into the world too, right? <laughs> Uh, and uh, and I grew up in Miami, South Africa, the UK, Brazil a little bit, back to Miami, and I finally made it to, to Israel at 17. Uh, drafted to the army, went to yeshiva, uh, did high tech, the whole the whole nine yards really full full Israeli uh, uh, what's it called assimilation, right? I became an Israeli as fast as possible, and uh, Hashem, now I'm happily married in Sfat for the past two years. And uh, yeah, like you said, podcast, Two Hustles in a Pod, just trying to spread uh, pers personal messages and uh, the deeper teachings of our rabbis, but in a very watered down way so that you can drink it in and really, you know, take yeah. all the vitamins from the Torahs that are surrounding us. Oh, I like that. Taking the vitamins from the Torah that's around us. Very good one, Elio. Okay, so what's your like daily schedule, Elio? What do you do on a daily basis? Daily schedule. Um, I wake up and pray, um, and after prayers, I go to work. Right now, I'm currently managing a, a store that we met outside of, which is a nice, it's called Sfat Distillery 148. It's a nice boutique, uh, Israeli wine and whiskey and a whole 300-year-old uh, cellar, right? So that's what I'm doing as a, as my Pavanasa, and um once a week, I have a chabura that I've been that we started not too long ago. An idea that I got on Lag Bomer, the night of Rabbi Shimon, to to bring some guys together and to to meditate, to sing, to do breathing work, to learn Torah, to share what we have, what we're going through personally. It's a very tight knit chabura. We don't let anybody join it now that we've uh, started. That four weeks for people to join. After that, the doors were closed. Mm -hmm. Whoever's in is in, and we're going to keep on going. People will probably leave before anybody joins. Mm -hmm. And uh, but we're we're working towards it uh, in the book called Biam Darkecha, and uh, spend a lot of time with my wife. I love doing that, investing in our in our relationship. And uh, then I have the podcast and different content that we try to work on to put out. Okay, so now how often do you, do you record your podcast, or how often does not it a, not not uh, often enough? We're not as consistent as we should be. Um, but uh, we originally we aimed to do once a week. It wasn't really so realistic, but uh, we've done over forty two episodes now, and uh, there's quite a lot to see. There's a shorter clips on YouTube. There's the longer episodes, and uh, recently we started what's called Team Aleph. Basically, a few friends of us together in Sfat came together to try to make. Um, new content you see a lot of people are on tiktok especially a lot of from jews are on tiktok and there's a lot going on there but um if it's jewish usually it's like zionistic or israel related or about identity and all these very american approaches to to a ancient 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 civilization right so our 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 content that we're aspiring to put out is more um actual jewish content presented the same way as the going would present their stuff. So, but when you're when you experience it, when you see it, the message there is from the books of the Rebbe's of of the tzaddikim. Um, but when you see it, it looks like you know the average same setup, the same model as that the going would use to put on TikTok. Um, it's just not about identity. It's not about being. Uh, I support Israel because I'm Jewish. It's hey, I'm a Jew, and uh, you know I, I'm trying to wake up for Shacharit tomorrow morning. 
I'm trying to go to the mikveh and be a better Jew. I'm trying all these different messages, but presented in that new trendy way. Mm, okay, I like that. I like that. Can I also ask? I don't. I, I obviously you connect to Hasidus. Is there one specific one that you connect with? Um. So I was very reluctant to say this, uh, and I still kind of am. I'm hesitating, right? Uh, oh, so you don't have to answer the question. All right, no, 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 it's fine. Um, definitely, the answer is me personally. I connect to Rabbi Nachman more than um, anybody else when it comes to Hasidut. And uh, out of the living tzaddikim right now, walking on the earth, it's Rabbi Shemar Morgenstern in Jerusalem. Um, but the reason I was always hesitant to answer that because it's it's hard enough to be a Jew, or <laughs> you know, being part of anything else. Uh, and now why I feel comfortable answering it is because I've come to a place of learning um, in within Breslov teachings. And uh, I'm not I'm very against sticking to only one. I believe we should have a path, but I I don't think at all that means negating learning from other tzaddikim or for other schools of thought. Right? I'm all about Chabad. I love Satmar. I'm Sephardi by birth. So I, I, I touch everything. Right. right. Um, and I feel that I've, through learning the deeper sides of Breslev, I realized that Breslev is actually, that is the teaching. That is the, if, if you hear something or you experience something, it's meant to bring you closer to Hashem. So if there's a tzaddik in this world that wrote a book, he was a tzaddik and he wrote the book in order to help you be a tzaddik. I don't care what sect or whatever he came from. If that book can help you come closer to Hashem, I want to be a part of it. I want to read it. So right. that's, that's okay. me. Okay, that's okay. I remember as a young girl, I don't know if you had ever experienced this, but as a young girl, I grew up in Brooklyn and there'd be people walking around giving out these pamphlets, these Breslov uh, teachings. And I loved it. I would drink in that stuff. You know, I, yeah. the, way, the way it was presented, it was just, it seemed to have spoken to my shaman and people. And then I got very into it um, when I was in high school in my year in Israel, I would, I would buy at that point in time, I'm dating myself, obviously I'm 48. So we're talking about, 30 years ago, at that point in time, there was limited English books out there um, on Breslov. Uh, there was a lot from uh, R.A. Kaplan at the time. Yeah. He had translated, I think, maybe also maybe R.A. Carmel or something. I don't, I'm trying to remember my, my brain. Um, so I, whatever was there, I read and I very much enjoyed and I very much connected to. And people were like, oh, you're going to turn into a Breslov Hasid one day. I didn't, but I definitely have uh, an affinity. I do have a, a special place in my heart for that. So that's the thing. That's why it's different because in Breslov, we don't really, it's not like the classic Hasidut that you have to do this or you have right. to dress like that. It's not really that. It's you have to connect to Hashem. Whether you're happy or you're feeling down, you need to connect to Hashem. So right. whatever you need to wear to do that, whatever, however you need to look and, and pray to do that, go ahead and do it. Oh, I love that. Because you, you do, it's a need. It's definitely a 100%. need. 100%. You can't, you can't, it's like a, it's a source. It's a source of life. You know, without connections, whether it be without connections to people uh, or to God or to oneself, I always say it's three-pronged. You, you're lost. You're completely lost. So let's 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 talk about our our title here that we're here for today, miracles. Celia, so what when you hear the word miracles, what does it mean to you, miracles? For me, I would think um, that what came to me now is that a miracle is when us in this very 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 physical way, this world, sorry, very physical world, we're able to see how clear it is that Hashem is ruling the world. Mm. I think that's the most general way I can put it with leaving all levels of miracles in that definition. When mm. we recognize that Hashem is running the world, but it's so clear. Um, mm. I love that. And it could be, that. right? The, the Chazal say that uh, 
the person that has the miracle happen for him sometimes doesn't recognize it, right? Mm. It doesn't, you don't recognize your own miracles. So mm. I think the, but other people could see it. And uh, I think the miracle for us personally is like when we're able to see it, it could be a sea splitting, but it also could just be, you know, uh, meeting someone on the steps of the street of thought. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like that. I like how you put that, the recognition, the recognition of seeing, you know, the hand of God um, in all that happens in this world. Like you said, it, it could be something so huge or what we consider so huge, let's say the splitting of the sea, or like you said, something that somebody might say so coincidental when it really isn't so coincidental, obviously, yeah, right? There's no coincidence, sure. right? You know, so I think that is so well said. Like you see, that when, we, when we have a miracle um, that happens, right? There's a bracha, which what is a bracha? What is a blessing? To bless the, the, the being that helped me in that situation, right? That you made miracles for my for my forefathers in that time and now in this time, but I'm I'm recognizing that, right? Or we say halal, which is filled with hodu 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 recognition 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 and thanks gratitude. So I think that in, in my head these two ideas tie together. That if you really saw something miraculous, you gotta you have to recognize that. Oh, so you know, I, I love what you just you just hit something from last night. I I was uh. I spoke at a chalabek, and wow. um, usually when I speak at a chalabek, there's one message that I love to share. And just you just pinpointed it right now when you spoke about a blessing, and I and I explained to the ladies there that the whole purpose I I, I was taught as a young age the foundation of Judaism is learning to elevate the mundane, the general, right, and infuse it with holiness, and that's challah, like to raise it up, the yeast rise. You know, we're infusing the flour and all those other ingredients with the capability and the potential to rise, to rise above. And that's really when you, if I have an apple right now, if I take my, my drink and I make a blessing on it, right? I'm not, I'm not blessing it because, you know, oh, you, you ever hear this when you were little, like, oh, if you make, if you take food and you don't make a blessing, you're stealing from God. No, that's like one of those uh, uh, myths. It's not about stealing from God, but by me making a blessing on my drink or the apple, whatever it is, I'm now taking something physical and I'm infusing it with a sense of holiness and it's rising above. And that's what you're saying, because I'm recognizing the godliness of that item, that it, it is miraculous. Sure. I'm recognizing God's hand in creating that. And so I'm going to bless it now because God gave me that gift of blessings. We touch, uh, we're very, we're very aligned. Then, if you brought that from Chalas, and then recently now in our Chabur, we're learning about the power of eating and how eating could be one of the largest ways to get to Dveku, to get the clinging to Hashem by eating. Now, personally, wouldn't think that you know maybe learning Torah or or you know praying to Hashem or Itvodetut, you know, like whatever it is, something much loftier of work. But no, eating, we're commanded three times. Every Shabbat to eat a meal with the king. We have Melave Malka after that on Kiddush. We have the, we have all these bar mitzvahs, brit, suda of a, of a wedding. We, we're commanded to eat quite a lot. All the sacrifices in the Torah, all, everything that we had to do in the temple, eating, eating, eating. So clearly eating is this very deep work, right? And what is the book coming to teach us? Eating, why do you have such a level to get to Dveku, to get to cling to Hashem from such a physical action because if Hashem created a world that we're forced to eat a few times a day and to drink throughout the day, obviously there has to be a big work that needs to be done there. 
so what's that big work? What is it? One thing you said is making the blessing, right? So making the blessing, infusing, or you could say releasing, like removing the bonds that bonds that are on that food. And now it's matir, it's mutar, you're allowed to, it's permissible, meaning I can now ingest it, right? And and the meditations that go into eating are so deep that that you have to you have to have kavana that the simplest kavana is to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. But then also there's two different ways you can eat. You can eat from up down or down up. Up down is before I come to eat this thing, I contemplate the miracle that it is that Hashem got a, a how many truck drivers and how many farmers and how many ships or if this was imported or not and the packaging and the supermarket workers and everything that went into it now coming to my house and then my wife processing it and and, and making it into food and now I come to the point where it's ready in front of me the, the kindness of Hashem that just went through years and years and years and years and years of process right if you take everybody's what everyone brings to it and all the experiences going into that simple meal that's in front of me, that's in a miraculous process. And I have to now uh, find that inside there, all the sparks that are in there is what's giving me the texture, the benefit, the vitamins, the taste, the pleasure, everything that comes out of that apple or that coffee or that glass of wine, all it is is the sparks of Hashem. That for me is the biggest miracle in the world. I think when we talked, right, you said like, how are we going to have you on? Do you have a miracle story or this? Mm-hmm. In a classic uh, chutzpah, Hasidic way, I was like, we're going to flip it and we're going to talk about that this world is a miracle, right? Mm-hmm. Not the splitting of the sea. The cup of coffee, that's the miracle, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it really is that Hashem was able to take all of his light, constrict it into a bagel. Mm-hmm. And by way of that, on if I eat that with the right intentions, I'm coming closer to him. That's a huge miracle. That is a miracle that not many people contemplate. Right. Now, it's interesting. I'm going to go back. You said there were two ways to look at it. You said coming from the top. And then what's the other way then? I- so, yeah. So, so top down. Sorry, I left that out. Top, top <laughs> down is, is uh, <laughs> as I come and I, and, I, and I want to eat this thing and I contemplate about the godliness in it before I eat it. Right. Okay. I make my breath and I eat it. Down up is obviously the second option. The first option is better. But down up is the food's... N- the effect is still is still having a play on me. I'm satiated. I, I benefited from my meal. Maybe I didn't have all this intention of of gratitude and of recognizing that right now what I'm enjoying is the godly sparks. But now that I enjoyed such an amazing meal, let me and now now at least translate it back in my head to everything that I got out of this meal, all the benefit, all the pleasure, all the vitamins. It was really just the spark of Hashem inside. So you have this work of up-down, which is the best. Before you eat, be conscious of what you're about to do. You're about to come to connect to Hashem by way of the sparks he put inside this food. And and if you didn't manage to do that, then at least afterwards, when you are finished eating or during your eating, you catch yourself and you stop really quickly and you and you and you do that meditation just to give that credit back and, and recognize that you're not an animal connecting to the physical food. You are a soul connecting to the sparks of Hashem that is inside the food, which is the same thing as your soul. So you are what you eat. It really is. But if you're coming to eat, right? If you're coming to eat the the, if you're coming to drink the coffee because you don't have energy and you think the coffee gives you energy, then you you have a physical connection to to coffee, and that's not a good thing. But if you know that Hashem sends special sparks of His light that come down only by way of a cup of coffee. Now, when I go to drink the cup of coffee, I recognize that it's coffee, but I know that that's the envelope of Hashem that brings down a nice, bitter, but sweet taste that gives me energy. Mm. But it's the spark of Hashem. It's not the coffee. So I don't get connected to the coffee. I get more connected to Hashem every time I go to drink it. Okay. 
Wow, exactly. I am loving the silly owl. Okay, so, <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you another question, Leo, because I'm just I'm now, guys, you could listen in because this is just for me now. I don't know about anybody else. I'm I'm, I'm having this conversation with Leo. You could come and join and listen. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so Leo, I feel like I'm in a class here. So Leo, so then, do you think there's a distinction? The way you're saying it is, does that come out halachically? I'm just curious. I'm like just opening up. Bracha Rishona, Bracha Achrona, the first bracha and the after bracha, the first blessing and the after blessing. Do you think the first blessing then represents the first way that you spoke, the up down, and then the after blessing could represent the down up? So definitely the Torah commands us that we that we have to eat, be satiated, and then bless, right? So technically from Hashem's point of view, we only need to make a blessing after we eat and we were satiated, right? Meaning you eat a candy, technically don't say any after blessing because there's no satiation from that, right? But you have a meal, you have something good, make a blessing afterwards. Come to the rabbis and say, make a blessing beforehand as well, right? So I don't know if the Torah commanded the one afterwards, you know, maybe that's the, the higher one, but uh, it definitely inspired the, the first blessing to be made. So I don't know to answer your question. Definitely, uh, definitely not. But um but definitely we could use this as a as a way to to do do to do both works, right? The, right. One thing that is written in Alakha is that before you come to make a blessing, you have to be sure what blessing you need to make. Mm -hmm. Right. So you grab something and you don't know what it is. Is it a mezonot? Is it a motzi? Is this a et or is it a dama? Does it come from a tree from the ground? You're not sure. You're not allowed to make to start the blessing until you're sure. Mm. So you have to be conscious of what you're eating in order to make the right blessing. Already there, if you could just slide in a little bit of, wow, Hashem, thank you. I know it's not really a banana. I know it's your light that came down as a banana, you know? I but, love uh, that. Okay, so, you know, this is this is a thing of mine. I'm just going to say, Leo, this is a thing of mine. I love what's called takeaways. And there are people in my life that I that I meet or I have conversations with. doesn't happen with everybody. So, like, you're now in a special category, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there was, I have these things that I, I do when I pray in the morning, uh, things that I, I, it's a shtick of mine. If you ever watch my stories, I pray for things I don't have yet, but as if I have them and then privately, not everyone needs to know what I'm actually praying for. But then just recently I had someone on my podcast and they brought in this new concept of saying, I'm ready for the blessing. So now I added that into my daily prayers before I get started with the silent prayer, the Amida. I say my little shtick, thank you, Hashem, right? Uh, for things I don't have yet, but as if I have them, I go into my specifics and then I say, God, Hashem, I'm ready for the blessing. Then some from time to time, if I'm having some trouble now, I also do Hashem, I'm ready to be healed, right? I do that. Uh, so now you really added to my, I would, I would say it's more than my daily. You really added insight to my intentions when I'm going to have coffee in the morning. I think I, I'm not going to overdo it because if I overwhelm myself, if I go too high on the ladder, I'm going to- For sure. Let's do baby steps. I'm going to, I am committing and I'm going to be sharing this on my stories for sure because I love sharing any form of inspiration. If something inspired me, I think it's going to inspire others. And when for I sure. have my coffee in the morning, I want to have that intent that it's not the coffee that is waking me up or giving me the energy. It's really the higher power it's God who made this coffee that is now as, as if the coffee is the shaliach, as if the coffee is the messenger. And then, and then I'm going to say my blessing. So, wow, 100%. this was, this, this was awesome. Just for that. If alone. it was just for a better taste of coffee in the morning, this was worth it. <laughs>
<laughs> if it's for a better drink, you know, then then we got Definitely. it. Definitely, but you touched on two very important things. One, we can't uh, we can't jump too far. Right. So if you haven't been having intention your whole entire life while you're going to eat, definitely now you shouldn't be sitting down and taking apart the molecular compounds of the coffee and thinking Hashem for each particle. Right. right. But with that said, at least to be happy about what we have, that's already a huge kavana. To be happy with what we have, that's already the, that's just the start. But the, for sure, we can grow in this and the deeper and deeper we get, the better it tastes. Right. So oh, wow, Elio, thank you so much. I am so glad that the miracle for us happened on those steps in spot. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, this is awesome. I'm I'm wishing you really much hatslacha, much success in all that you do because you have great wisdom. You say it so beautifully. You say it so eloquently. You process before you speak, and it just resonates. And so I really hope that your your words get out there more and more and more and more people get to hear you. So really, thank yeah, you so yeah, much, Elio, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. If I could just sign off with this. It says yeah. in the, the Ramban, Nachmanides, right? The Ramban has an amazing, amazing, very, very hardcore saying that the Jew that does not believe that nature is miraculous has no portion in the world to come. Mm. It's a very intense thing to say. Yes. But I think this really touches what, what, what we talked about today, at least. And this is why I wanted to be on the show so much, specifically about miracles and not on a different season, that we need to see every single interaction and experience and thing that we go through in life. We can't beat ourselves up about this. We can't be you know crazy in our head and paranoid at all times. But everything we go through, like the Baal Shem Tov said, everything is there to bring you closer to Hashem everything the two goyim sitting next to you on the subway talking their conversation if you heard it and the words were processed in your brain it was a message for you it might be to not listen to shtut it might be to connect to hashem even more everything we go through is really miraculous and it's there just for us individually the world was created for me right so a jew that doesn't believe that how do you how do you expect to get into the complete closeness right you have to believe it in the darkest places in this world in order to merit to, to have it infinitely in the world to come. So I just bless everybody that that no matter what you're going through in life, see it not only as miraculous, recognize it and, and say thank you for it, but know that that's your key into the world to come, to recognize that your car breaking down and you catching that flight at the last second, it was all miracles. Mm, thank you so much, Elio. That was beautiful. If somebody wants to connect with you, Elio, what's the best way they should reach out to you? So I'm pretty active on uh, social media, more on uh, Instagram. Um, but you have there, my account is E-L-I-O 47 Keto with a K. Or you have two chassids in a pod on uh, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you want. You could watch it. I highly recommend that. But uh, any way possible. I'm here. I love when people reach out to me. It gives me personally a lot of chizuk and, uh, and, and more inspiration to keep on going. And uh, especially if you're coming to Tzfat, I would love to have you on my Shabbat table. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. If you're watching this and you're coming to Tzfat, your kids are coming to Tzfat, your cousins are coming to Tzfat. If I'm able to host the meal that week, I will definitely host you. So uh, it's a bleed nether, but uh, send the message. Don't feel don't feel scared or hesitant at all. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Elio. Really Thank appreciate you, Jordana. Okay. Bracha Amen. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.